Good morning. We like to call this place God's house. <laughs> you may recognize it. We like to call it God's house, and as we so often say, we are all God's children. So if we are all God's children and this is God's house, then in a spiritual sense, if not a physical sense, welcome home. I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths as we prepare our hearts for worship. Let's worship the living God. to worship. God scatters the seeds and waits. So much of it lands on flat pathways or rocky roads and won't take root. God scatters the seeds and waits. Shallowness and fear claim the seeds and they cannot live. God scatters the seeds and waits. These are the places of deep growth, where the seed will cast down strong roots. Welcome our God to scatter seeds here. May our hearts be the rich soil in which God's love takes root. Let us join together now in our opening hymn. Thank you. 
to welcome you to worship at Westminster Presbyterian Church. I'm glad you have found us, be it on YouTube or Facebook or our website or some other way. It is good to be with you virtually. Just a reminder that we have started to premiere our worship video on YouTube at 8.30 a.m. So if you prefer to worship early, you can head on over to our YouTube channel, WPC Tiburon. Our Facebook worship video premiere continues at 10 a.m. And of course, it is available throughout the day and the week on either of those sites as well as our website. So it is very good to be with you today. Let's join now in our community prayer. Let us pray. God who plants seeds of faith, hope, and love within our world, we are grateful for this community of faith and for all anywhere who hunger and thirst for your reconciling word. Forgive us when we have allowed our hearts and minds to harden to your work. Forgive us when we have caused others to harden. Grant us the energy and perseverance to remain open. May the work you do through us bring about a greater sense of justice for all. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, know that God tends to us with steadfast love and unconditional forgiveness. In Christ, God's love is planted in our hearts day after day as we are set free and made new. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hey, for our time of discovery, could I teach you a song? I'd love to have you sing it with me. The words are very simple. It's just faith, 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 just a little bit of faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just give what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. And then each verse, we just change that one word, which was faith. We'll do different words in the verses that come after. It goes something like this. Faith, faith, just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Let's try that together. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Hope, 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 just a little bit of hope. Hope, 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 just a little bit of hope. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Hope, 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 just a little bit of hope. 
joy, joy, just a little bit of joy. Joy, 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 just a little bit of joy. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Joy, 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 just a little bit of joy. But peace, 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 just a little bit of peace. Peace, just a little bit of peace. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Peace, 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 just a little bit of peace. How about fun? Fun, 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 just a little bit of fun. Fun, 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 just a little bit of fun. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Just a little bit of fun. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just give what you got. Faith, faith, just a little bit of faith. That's one you can take around and sing around the house and have some fun with. Well, I hope you have a great week, and may God be with you wherever you go. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Hello, Westminster family. We sure miss you all. This is Peter and Marilyn Wirtz. We're out on our patio, the patio of our condo. We're lucky to have a nice big one. Peter insisted on this. He, he, will, he will chime in and say, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. <laughs> it's lemonade iced over, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go but ahead. Anyway, we are doing well, really well. Uh, we haven't been anywhere, and I mean nowhere, in four months, uh, except once a week Peter goes to our little neighborhood market. We order groceries the night before, and he goes, and they put it in our trunk the next day. So that's been very convenient. Uh, we've been learning patience. And I've been learning to count my blessings more. The biggest one is that uh, all, three out of our four combined adult children live within just a few miles. And they have been so great. They bring, you know, if we need something, they're right on it and uh, bring it to us. Uh, we are just hunkering them down until they find and get a vaccine going and then hopefully we'll be able to see you all again. Following up a little bit on uh, what Marilyn was saying, uh, the uh, virus has uh, put a dent in where we are and who we are. For instance, I filled my gas tank up in March and four months later I still have three quarters of a tank left. <laughs> um, give you some idea of what we've been doing. However, we really do feel very fortunate to have good family, good friends available. But most of all, 
we still love the fellowship that we have at Westminster. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you folks have really helped me out and through my uh, troubles with health-wise a couple years ago. Uh, and I'm really well, uh, totally. Uh, we're very fortunate with Rob and Bethany and uh, Jeff, Ruthie, the whole crew. Um, have, have bridged us through this period of time so wonderfully. What I'm most excited about really right now is the fact that we're taking on some new things, such as the racial injustice type of uh, side of things. And I, I really think that that is something uh, that we have needed to do for a long time. And uh, it looks like we're going to really have a great program to be able to address that. So we are really looking forward to the coming months sitting back, relaxing, uh, having a little bit of a shot of something on the patio and uh, touching bases with all of you. Take care. We love you all. Thanks a million. Bye. Thank you, Peter and Marilyn, for sharing with us. It is good to see you. As we move now to our time of joys and concerns, as always, we invite you to share your prayer, joys, and concerns with us. You can type it in the comments section. You can email us or call us throughout the week and know that we are in prayer for and with you always. And for our time of prayer today, I will lead us in the prayer, but every now and then I will pause and I invite you to offer the line, may your love be like a seed taking root and growing strong. So I'll share a line or two of prayer, and then we'll pray that line together, and we'll just go back and forth like that. So let us pray. For all the blessings of this life, we give thanks to you, Creator God. For families, friends, colleagues, neighbors, even strangers who nurture us, that your love may grow within and around us. May your love be like a seed, taking root and growing strong. We pray for the leaders of our nations and our cities, that they may lead with strong hearts and generous spirits, with compassion and mercy, with wisdom and grace, May your love be like a seed, taking root and growing strong. For those who live in fear or in danger, those who worry about employment, bills, food, those who struggle to find dignity in life, for all those we pray, may your grace bring peace and safety to all people. May your love be like a seed, taking root and growing strong. For those who suffer from illness or disease of mind, body, or spirit, may your mercy shower each one with healing mercy and love. May your love be like a seed, taking root and growing strong. Gracious God, we know 
that you give solace to those who mourn, console those who grieve, rejoice with those who celebrate. We give thanks for your presence with us through all the seasons of our lives. May your love be like a seed, taking root and growing strong. And hear us now, O oh God, as together we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. People of faith, rise up and sing of the great and glorious King. You are strong when you feel weak. In your brokenness complete. Rise up
Thank you, Ruthie. That was beautiful. Um, my wife and I run what we think is a pretty tight operation in the Mangusong Shankel family home, uh, particularly at nighttime. I've been starting to wonder, though, over the past few months if that's a good thing or not. You see, every night we follow the same routine. Five o'clock, dinner should hit the table. Last night, we had baked tilapia with a sweet chili sauce. We had garlic roasted asparagus and corn. The meal is over by six o'clock, whereupon we have twin boys, five years old. One will go to the bathroom to bathe, shower, clean themselves, brush teeth, put on jammies. The other, in the meantime, will go clean up their part of the house. Then they will switch and the one who is cleaning the house will then clean themselves, and the one who is cleaning themselves will go clean the house. At 7 o'clock, the family then gathers in what we call the book nook. Sol and Theo have uh, like a walk-in closet, and it's got a, like a bookcase and some cushions and such. And from about 7 to 7.15 or so, 7.20, they read to themselves. We sometimes read uh, to ourselves or just catch up. Uh, then they will pick a book or a couple of night-night books, depending on how much time we have. We will read to them. Then they will get their, their Bible storybook. We'll read it. We'll say our prayers. 7.50, 7.45, they will go do their final potty and kiss one of us goodnight while the other one tucks them in. By 8 o'clock, we will walk out of the room, say goodnight to them, tell Google to play their sleep music, Say, I love you, and that's it. Five, six, seven, seven fifty, eight. I know this so well because we have been doing it for a shade over a thousand days in a row. A thousand days in a row we've been doing this. They were two, something past two years old when we started doing this routine. We continued to do it. And do you know? that there are people who try to disrupt and change this uh, routine we have. They want us to have dinner with them and they schedule dinner not at five o'clock, they schedule it at six or even seven. And do you know what that means? That means that our children go to bed at a later hour. And if any of you have raised children, you have some experience with this kind of thing. You can't deviate from the system. The system is in place for a purpose. We put it in place because we love our children. And we know that consistency and routine, that it creates an environment by which their rapidly developing worlds uh, have a sense of peace, that they can grow and mature in those kinds of environments. But I've been thinking, is that why it's so difficult for adults to change? Because our parents did, or at least tried to do the same thing for us. They tried to create a sense of normalcy for us, a sense of routine. And we've grown up, as every set of adults do, resistant to change. Uh, I'm resistant to change. My wife is a very artistic woman. She is creative and is such a bright person 
and she will redecorate sometimes and rearrange things in our house to give it a fresh look. And I go into the room and I get anxious because I don't know where things are anymore in my routines. You know, how can I mindlessly go on autopilot throughout our house if I'm having to learn where things are again? <laughs> we need someone to referee the situation. <laughs> we have created uh, societies uh, full of adults who aren't very good at adapting to change. I think that's why Jesus was infatuated by dirt, quite frankly. But what if normal doesn't work for you? What if what is normal about your world isn't working? You come home to a place of conflict and turmoil. You go to a workplace that's full of gossip and slander and backbiting, people who don't value you for who you are. You uh, live in a neighborhood that doesn't afford you the kind of opportunities you wish you had or a neighborhood that's simply violent or difficult, dangerous. What if your normalcy is looking in the mirror and not liking what you see you have become? What if normal doesn't work for you? I mean, because if normal doesn't work for you and change is difficult, then how do things ever improve? I think that's why Jesus was maybe so interested in dirt. You know, it, it's maybe why we sometimes talk about people who've changed things about their lives. And we, we say, you know, they were so brave with what they did. I think about the church and how difficult it can be for a church to change. I joke with people from uh, that we partner with other charities or other churches, organizations. I tell them, look, you got to cut us some slack here. Understand that we are a 2,000-year-old organization. So if we can get something done in a month, that's like a blink of an eye, okay? <laughs> it may be why churches aren't always at the front of progress. It may be why sometimes we're a step or two behind. Maybe that's why Jesus was so infatuated with dirt. He told a story about that once because he looked out at a group of people that had started to follow him and it was sort of a church. It was a group of like-minded believe believers following their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, kind of figuring this whole thing out together. And he gathered them on a beach, and he told them this story about dirt. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly 
since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. I love that. He ends it so emphatically, right? With an exclamation mark. Listen. Is it because Jesus loves dirt so much? Why shouldn't he? Did you realize that there are more living organisms in a tablespoon of soil than there are people in the world today? There are 70,000 different types of soil, 20,000 living bacteria in a single gram of soil. Soil is incredible, at least according to the Soil Society of America, which is where I got this information from, because I particularly don't like soil. I don't like dirt. I don't like to get things dirty. I don't like dirt in my home. I don't particularly like change a whole lot either. And that is actually one of the things Jesus is getting at. Someone I do know, uh, a friend of mine, Jamie, uh, who lives in Georgia, he, I found out, knows a thing or two about soil and how to grow things. This is a picture of Jamie's uh, backyard deck place. Uh, back, I guess, in the winter time, and as you can see, it looks desolate. <laughs> it looks it looks dirty. Um, and this is a picture of Jamie's back now. You see that difference? Now, do you think it took just a couple days and a little bit of effort to get from this to this? Or do you think it took time to get from this? Lots of effort, lots of work to get to this. You know, when Jesus says, for you who have ears, hear, listen, the ancient Hebrew doesn't really have a word that just means listen. And that would have been one of the languages Jesus spoke alongside Aramaic. The word for listen, most often translated as shema, which means to listen and do. Sort of shows you really understand what someone is saying. You, you hear people joke about this. Oh, did you hear me or did you, were you listening to me? Or were you listening to me or did you hear it? it? It sort of gets trapped up even in our own English language. What What is it? Are you comprehending is what we're saying. And in Shema, you listen and you do. And that makes sense because you cannot do without having first listened. Jesus is telling this story about soil and dirt and wants us to hear something. What is it? But maybe more mysteriously, what does he want us to do? Well, fortunately for us, this is a parable that Jesus actually explains later on in the chapter. Continuing on in verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes away 
comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. That is what was sown on the path. There's a farmer out there scattering seeds. Some of it lands on a path. And that's not a good place for seeds to land, is it? I, I bet you know people like this, that you say to yourself, goodness, they just, they just will never understand. It's like talking to a wall, as, as I'm doing right now, actually, talking to a bunch of empty pews and a wall. Do you know people like that? Can I share what might not really even be a secret? Uh, they're might be saying the same thing about you. You know, it's easy for us to read this story, to hear the, about the seed being scattered on these four different types of soil and to consider where the various people in our world would go. You know, this person is clearly someone whose soil is on the path because nothing gets through to them. And that person over there is someone who is good soil, man. They just have such an open mind and they're such wonderful people. And that person over there, they're always choked up and thorny. And that person, where are you? What is your soil like? Because can, if the farmer is Jesus Christ, if someone is trying to sow seeds of goodness in your life, can you accept it? Or are you hardened like a path where nothing gets through? Jesus continues, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. Now, if you've been involved in the church for any amount of time, you've probably met someone like this, someone that just sort of shows up out of nowhere and their level of enthusiasm is through the roof. Even if you don't know a lot about church, you've, you've known people like this, that they just have this over amount, over exorbitant amount of excitement about some cause, some sense of value and purpose, and they're ready to go, you know? They're out there, and they are out in the street, you know, and they're shouting, Black Lives Matter, you know, and they're, they're going for it. But what about next month? What about next year? Will it still matter to you? Will it still matter to us? Because that seed fell into the rocks and yet it, it grew some and it sprouted. And we saw that fruit. We saw that excitement for life. We saw that selflessness, that willing to suffer for others. But that seed, it never quite got deep enough into the heart to expand itself into all those organisms and bacteria to latch on and to really grow and be stable. Do you know someone like that? Is that you? You know, we, uh, we hear these stories and we, we attend church, whether it's virtually or in person, and we 
We say, yes, I'm, I, that's me, I'm there, I'm with you. God, you've, you've got me. We've made commitments and promises to God sometimes. And I think Jesus is throwing out a warning here. What happens when tragedy strikes? What happens if you lose your job and suddenly you're in debt? What happens if there's some family turmoil? Or what happens if, you know, you lose a loved one? Some people will face tragedies in this world and will look up to the heavens and say, how could you do this, God? How could you allow this to happen? When Jesus tells this story, he's telling it at the beginning of his ministry. This is sort of a warning that, hey, look, this is going to be hard. And when it gets hard, will you cling to your faith or will you let go? There are still other seeds that fall on other paths. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. It chokes. I, I think we can all feel that recently. We've all felt the bear and the weight and the burden of so many things that have changed. Can you imagine just... Consider for a moment, what was life like a year ago today? And how different it is now? For some of us, we see all the things that have changed, the amount of time we get to spend with our families. I got to wear a mask everywhere I go now. I can't hug people. You know, I have to work from home while also homeschooling. I can't go to the grocery store. I have to wipe things down. So many things have changed. I have not gotten a haircut in a long time. <laughs> we All this change is happening and we see the people in the streets and we see the brutality on our screens of things that have happened that are just un, unjust and inhumane. And it feels like we're choking under this pressure. We're saying, I can't even breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It's important to remember that for some of us, that's not a metaphor. That's a reality. Why are we willing to suffer for others? Why would we be willing to continue to push ourselves and give and walk in faith. Why would we do that with such a depressing message? <laughs> hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to scatter seeds. You know what? A lot of it's just going to blow right away. <laughs> it won't even be usable. I, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I know some of you know that. And it's my hometown has been in the news a lot. And my personal opinion, uh, I'm grateful for what it's in the news for now. Uh, 
Monument Avenue has become an even more famous street. It's a street where there were a number of Confederate monuments and, of course, Arthur Ashe on one end. I ran up and down that street so many times. I rode my bicycle up and down that street so many times. I drove up and down that street. I heard the hum of my car under those bricks so many times. Uh, I, I chose to go that route as the scenic route on, occasion, on many occasions. I, I didn't write this down. I'm just now thinking about this, but I actually had my first automobile accident on that street right there, Monument Avenue and Malvern Avenue. Somebody turned left uh, uh, on a red light right in front of me, and I, and I hit them. I can still remember my father in the passenger seat. I, you know, I went, braced myself, and I saw him jumbled up in the airbag. Uh, I have friends that uh, are still there who have uh, shared pictures and videos that I find so uplifting and inspiring. Their families, their children were there advocating for the removal of those statues. And some of them have shared uh, video and pictures of being there when those statues were removed. But I also have dear friends who look at all that and have said, this is happening too fast. We don't even know what we're doing. What are we going to replace it with? We should have a commission for this. Some have gone even farther. These are friends of mine who have said, I'm never going to that street again. It looks like Syria down there. You know how dangerous it is. It's funny, I have a, we were, uh, at a Black Lives Matter uh, march recently, my children and I, and someone asked me, you know, aren't you worried about their safety, sort of insinuating so much? And I, I mean, of course I felt it was completely safe to be there. Uh, but I always say, the, I always repeat the thing that I have said so many times that someone once told me, well, you know, Jen and I, the one thing we try to teach our children is that God only loves them. And so we only care about them too. <laughs> we only care about their safety and about making sure they're okay. <laughs> and there have been people who have said, you know what? If we just all took care of ourselves, and took care of our own families, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this. All this problems, they'd just go away. If everyone just minded their own business and took care of themselves. You know, fortunately, you, it's hard to find that level of narcissism in the Bible. Uh, but the easy thing is, it's much easier to find some good news particularly from Jesus Christ. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Now, is that holy wisdom, holy word? Can you say praise be to God after hearing a parable like that? 
where Jesus essentially says, look, you're going to work so hard and you're going to scatter seeds everywhere. And if you're lucky, some of it, some of it's going to take root and it's going to grow into a beautiful tree and that tree will bear fruit. Can you say praise be to God to that? You know, we're not so different from the audience Jesus had that day. There were people uh, then as now who felt like if we just got the right leaders, if we just got the right policy, if we just put in the right program, then everything would be fine. There were people in Jesus' audience who believed very firmly that the kingdom of God would just simply show up and sort of wash everything away clean and it would be a fresh start. There are many of us today that just if we don't believe that, we wish that it would be a lot easier and a lot quicker. Sometimes we read Jesus's parables and the stories that he tells. And we think they're prescriptive. Meaning we we think that what we're supposed to do is connect the dots between who what person in our orbit, what person do we know is which soil he's talking about? But in many cases, Jesus being the good rabbi that he is, tells these parables not as a prescriptive thing, but as a descriptive thing. Describing for us this is what the world is like. It will not be easy. Will you keep going? I'm so glad that there's a huge crowd of you gathered here on this beach to hear me. But let's pause for a moment and take stock of what you're really getting yourself into. You know, at best, what he's saying is that we're all just farmers throwing seed out. And some of it is going to take root, and a lot of it's not. A lot of it's going to blow away the moment you finish your work. You are going to work so hard. Will you continue? Some of those seeds, some of them, are going to land in good soil. Some of them are going to require more of us. And we are going to have to get in there. We're going to have to take our sledgehammers and break up the rocks and pull them away. And we'll have to put on the gloves and tear the thorns out, tear the weeds away. We will have to dig up the path, till the soil and open it up, loosen it up. That people's hearts might become open. We will have to work on our own hearts and break away the hardness that remains inside of our own spirit. We will have to somehow find the people or resources to pull away the thorns that choke us. We will have to dig our friends and our family, our loved ones, our church will have to dig into our own hearts that we might be open.
to the Spirit of God. When you hear this parable, do you think about the work that you're doing for progress in the world? Do you think about the work that you're doing for love of others? Do you think about the suffering that you embrace on behalf of others? And do you hear this parable and think, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. If even Jesus is admitting to me that a lot of it isn't even going to work, will you keep going? Because some of those seeds are going to take root. And they will produce a tree that is going to grow and fruit will be bared. There will be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and justice and equality, inclusivity will come from that tree that you helped plant. And that tree will bear forth 30 or 60 or even 100 fold fruits for others to enjoy some way down the road. Maybe you won't get to see it. Maybe you won't get to taste that fruit. But our children might. Our children's children might. And many years from now, I may be able to take my children back to my hometown and we will go for a ride down Monument Avenue just as I have so many times. And it will look different. And whatever fruit is born out of that, whatever fruit that other people have sacrificed and laid seeds to produce, we'll get to enjoy. When you hear the reading of the word today, and you know that a lot of your hard work won't take root, does it make you want to quit? I hope not. Amen. Ministry of Westminster continues 
even though we are still unable to worship in person inside. And I want to highlight just a few things that are happening in the next week or so. We have a couple different opportunities for classes and discussions about race and racism. Our Wednesday morning class, which meets over Zoom at 9.30, has uh, taken on this topic for the entire month of July. So even if you're one who maybe doesn't regularly attend the Wednesday class, you're certainly welcome to join in at 9.30. Also, our Outreach Commission is sponsoring a 21-day racial equity habit-building challenge. Uh, basically, there is a reading or a podcast or a video to encounter once a day for 21 days. And then once a week, we are going to gather over Zoom to discuss what we have learned during the week. So you're invited to start this challenge today and then our discussions will begin next Sunday at 1130. Uh, a copy or a link to the copy of the 21 day challenge was sent out in our e-news. It is also posted on our website, but if it's easier for you to just receive it in your email, let Rob or me know and we can send the challenge on to you. And again, you'll read something, you'll listen to something, you'll watch something once a day, and then beginning next week, we'll have a discussion at 1130 on Sunday. We have begun to produce weekly Sunday school videos. Uh, these are meant specifically for children in grades five and younger, uh, but anyone is welcome to watch them. You know, maybe you will encounter a Bible story in a new way. Uh, they're posted each week on our YouTube channel as well as on our website. And finally, our outdoor worship for next week on July 19th is still available for signups. It'll be at 5.30 p.m. at the Halsey House in Novato. We do encourage you to sign up in advance as uh, participation is limited for that. So if you're interested, again, the link was in our e-news and is also on our website. With that, I invite us to join together now for our closing hymn. Oh 
return to whatever it is you're doing. May you go with an open heart and an open soul made of good soil, good rich soil that our Lord and Savior can plant seeds that will spring forth a hundredfold, a tree that produces good fruit for the world to enjoy. Amen.